There was a time in American history when it was common for the country's rivers to catch fire. As the United States grew from a backwater republic into a global center for industry, it filled its rivers with oil, garbage, agricultural waste, and even raw sewage. Several major rivers became so polluted that they burst into flames over a dozen times. Here's the story of how America almost destroyed one of its greatest natural resources, and how a shift in culture eventually saved them. Welcome to Shaking America, a history podcast. I'm Zach Knight. Sources for this episode can be found in the description on streaming platforms and on the website. Before the Civil War, Cleveland, Ohio was a relatively small town. A year after the war began, it had grown into a manufacturing hub for the entire American Midwest, doubling in size. The Cuyahoga River was a major factor in this aggressive expansion. The river winds its way through Ohio, eventually reaching Cleveland's downtown area and emptying into Lake Erie. This made it the perfect place for heavy industry. Recognizable names such as Sherwin-Williams and Standard Oil came out of Cleveland during this time. These massive corporations dumped all of their garbage and excess oil directly into the Cuyahoga, and the city's government used the river as an open sewer for its rapidly growing population. By 1870, the river was so polluted that even hardy, bottom-feeding fish such as carp could not survive in its waters, and rats that drank from the river died in great quantities, their corpses joining the debris floating downstream. The surface was frequently covered in oil slicks, and on warm days the river bubbled, releasing toxic vapors into the air. Covered in oil and filled with garbage and literal shit, the Cuyahoga River caught fire in 1868, 1883, 1887, 1912, 1922, 1936, 1941, 1948, and 1952. And those were just the major fires. There were also around a dozen smaller fires that were not deemed notable beyond a paragraph in the local newspaper. This was not abnormal at the time in the U.S. Across the country, major rivers were being filled with oil, waste, and sewage, and no one really cared. It was seen as a reality of life. Pollution meant that the nation's industries were thriving, providing jobs to millions of Americans. Environmental degradation was embraced as an indicator of economic achievement. A whole lot of economic achievement caused the Schuylkill River in Philadelphia to catch fire in 1892. The river, which was covered in oil and coal dust from the nearby factories, caught fire from an errant match. The blaze burned down several riverfront buildings, killed one dock worker, and severely burned two others. The Buffalo River in New York was so polluted that by the 1960s, onlookers stated that its surface looked like a mosaic of vivid colors due to the quantity of oil in the water. Scientists working for the Federal Water Pollution Control Administration, that's a long name, 
stated that, and this is a quote, the Buffalo River is a repulsive holding basin for industrial and municipal waste. It is devoid of oxygen and almost sterile. In 1968, sparks from the torch of a welder set the Buffalo River ablaze, damaging the bridge crossing the water and several million dollars worth of property. Again, these fires and the general state of the rivers were not viewed as wrong or out of the ordinary by most Americans. They were simply byproducts of industry. But as American industry slowed down, these byproducts became more controversial. The 1950s saw the United States begin to lose its place as the world's factory. Major cities such as Cleveland, Philadelphia, and Detroit began shrinking as hundreds of thousands of workers lost their jobs. As the benefits of industrial growth vanished, a movement to examine pollution with a more critical eye started to gain momentum throughout the country. The National Water Pollution Control Act was introduced in 1965, coinciding with the publication of the incredibly influential environmentalist book Silent Spring by Rachel Carson. Notable politicians such as Wisconsin Senator and former Governor Gaylord Nelson and President Richard Nixon began campaigning for increased protection of wildlife and their habitats, creating the Endangered Species List in 1966. And, perhaps most importantly, nature photographers began to focus their cameras on pollution and its aftereffects. Just as journalists recording videos and taking photos of the Vietnam War brought the horrible realities of war into American living rooms, images of baby ducks struggling through oily water prompted millions of Americans to contemplate the environment for perhaps the very first time. In 1969, both the Cuyahoga River in Cleveland and the Rouge River in Detroit caught fire. The Cuyahoga Fire, in particular, drew national attention, with newspapers around the country treating the fire as front-page news. Funnily enough, most of the newspapers used the wrong picture for their coverage of the fire, posting a picture of the 1952 Cuyahoga Fire instead of the 1969 fire. Because, believe it or not, major media companies have always been fairly bad at their jobs. Cleveland had recently elected Carl Stokes to be America's first black mayor of a major city. Stokes used the press attention from the fire to lobby Congress for increased environmental regulation. He was backed by a growing political movement and the President of the United States. That's not to say that there wasn't pushback. Large corporations involved in energy, agriculture, manufacturing, and chemicals spent billions of dollars lobbying various members of Congress to fight the new regulations. They argued that rivers catching fire was simply the price of doing business, and that increased scrutiny of pollution would prevent them from doing more business and burning more rivers. In all seriousness, they told Congress that increased regulation would slow down the economy with some companies even threatening to leave the United States for a country with more lax laws. In a rare defeat, the money lost. The EPA was created in 1970, the Clean Water Act was updated, and America's rivers slowly began to heal. Today, there are still occasional river fires, but they are few and far between. Ideally, we will never go back to being a nation whose rivers routinely catch fire. Thanks for listening to this episode of Shaking America. If you want to support the podcast, go to the website at shakingamerica.com and click the link at the bottom left of the page. Or tell somebody about the podcast. That helps too. Thanks again. I'm Zach Knight, and I'll catch you next time.